Hello and welcome to Gundam, I Hardly Know Him, the book club style podcast where we tackle every Gundam series and movie and release order. I'm Michael Pippin and I'm joined by my three co-hosts who can sense what's going to happen next. That's a new type reference. I've got Alex. Uh, hi, hey, hey, what's, what's it do? Uh, we got Christian. Hello. And we got Simon. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> People are gonna hate that. Yes. Yeah, people don't uh, like ma- mouth sounds. It's, it's very unsettling. Yeah. Um, All our ASMR fans, though, <laughs> they'll love it. No, we don't have they ASMR might have fans. Have a little eargasm, just real quick. <laughs> I disagree with them. It's like a little. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. Like a little. Uh. Um, today we're covering the final stretch of episodes in Mobile Suit Gundam 0079. So we're gonna cover the episodes 31 through 43. Um, we haven't recorded in a week or two, and so I've felt like I've been in a contentless desert, and I've really missed talking to you guys, and I'm thirsty for takes. And Alex, are you going to provide any spicy takes Ooh, today? I got all the spicy takes right now. Hell yeah. I can't, I can't wait. This was like a very char-heavy set of episodes, Alex. That must have been like really hard for you. Was it just like eating like something like... You were at your friend's house and, like, you had to be polite, like, with whatever dinner they made, but it just, like, didn't taste super great and you had to just kind of, like, scarf it down. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you're oh, at a yeah. Waffle House and they put salt in the sugar shaker instead of sugar. Nope. nope. Then oh, you just, then gosh. you, I didn't, I didn't cry myself while trying to drink my salt coffee. I just, uh, <laughs> I, I have takes, I, I have some feelings. I have some surprising things I want to say. Um, I got, I got a lot to Ooh. unpack when we get through it, when we get to Sean. Hell yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of interesting things that happen. Obviously, like I think a lot of this last blog of episodes was battles and there's a lot of really cool visual things, but I think there's also a lot of interesting directions that the show decided to take. So, I think that we're going to have some pretty nice opinions on some of this stuff. It's going to be really interesting to hear. Um, Christian, yeah. you're you're just you're a lover at heart. You're you're one of the most romantic guys I know. I'm really interested to hear who you were shipping for this last group of episodes. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm commonly known as the Doctor of Love uh, in my friend group. You know, if anyone's having relationship problems, just come to me. I'll smooth it out. No, I'm playing. Amen, uh, brother. Amen. I was really hoping for Bright and Mirai to get together, and I feel like, uh, you know, Bright always had his eye on his eyes on her, and it just was always unrequited. And I always love like unrequited love stories. I feel like they're like they're tragic. They bring you in. I love that, but I kind of hope I hope I was hoping that would have come to fruition, but it, it just it just didn't. That yeah. was sad. I, I definitely yeah. I feel like that was a pretty good one, and there was also some definitely some talk between the two of them about her engagement and fiance and. You kind of felt like that was maybe going to go somewhere, but that took a that, that one took an interesting turn. Uh, Simon, what about you? Any opinions on the relationships of our good friends on the white base? Um, I like I was telling my main man Alex and Christian this a little bit earlier, but I'm kind of like the biggest La La simp on this side of the Mississippi, <laughs> to be completely frank with you. <laughs> I like I think that like she like just like fucking rules. I think that is cool that all of them wear regular clothes and she wears different clothes. 
and I just, like, I don't know. I was, uh, honestly, I would have been okay with, like, Lala Amaro. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would have been, like, a very powerful couple. A very, like, just morally righteous couple, um, that could have, like, fucked shit up in the galaxy. Um. Oh, yeah, dude. Other sure. than that, I'm really glad that, uh, Lieutenant Slager is, um, dead as shit. <laughs> um, that's what happens yes. when you hit women. Like, like, yes. look, read it, read it from Lieutenant Slager. If you ever slap a woman, you, you die in space. So Simon, yes, Michael? Simon was shipping Lieutenant Slager and just a bullet. That's what you were hoping. Yeah, I, yeah, I wanted yeah. Lieutenant Slager and a garbage disposal to get together would be, like, yeah. ideal. <laughs> Alex, uh, what, what are your opinions, um, are your I opinions mean, on the shipping situation? I feel like the least thing, kind of the, I don't know, like, I don't think it's super, con- like, uncommon, but, like, the Amuro Sela ship, I was, I'm definitely down for that. I see it. Yeah, I, I like that combo. I felt you know, like Amuro... They spent a lot of time with each they other. They true. In near-death experiences. Yeah, they... Those are super bonding They definitely moments. get each other, they're both kind of, like, I feel like they both... I'm not really sure why they're fighting, but they're fighting. Like, but they got some of that to lay it on. Yeah. Well, like, I feel like that's, like, the classic, like, like, um, Char's, like, the older brother who's, like, get off my sister, you know, and Amaro's, yeah. like, hmm, you can't boss me around. Like, like, I've got the hots for your sister, Char. And Char's, like, fuck <laughs> you, I'm gonna kill you. And then he, like, just, like, maybe that's what they were fighting for all along. But also... That's unhealthy because that is like possession mm-hmm. of yeah. women. So we do not stand. No, for it. no we don't. But at the same we time, don't stand for um, classic trope. We definitely have the hots for Char's sister. <laughs> Holy Speaking shit. of Char, oh I I hated the Char and uh, Lala ship. Like, I thought that was creepy. He's our captain. He's a leader. He, like, Couldn't he saved her. He's kind of like Stockholm syndrome. Like, also she deserves mm-hmm. better than that asshole. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, okay. not about the last also, part. Oh, absolutely. She deserves way better than Char. Yeah. She deserves um, the universe. I gotta quit. She got Char instead. That's true. And also, you know, like, you got this, like, grooming vibe a little bit. You know, he sent her to the Flanagan Institute yeah. to develop as a new type. And his whole perspective on new types is that they're just tools or weapons. Mm-hmm. And that would make Lala a tool for his own means which is another kind of abusive creepy aspect of that combo so i I feel that for sure yeah i think Mm -hmm. that the i think yeah the lala character um i think that we're obviously gonna get into this more but just in this uh speaking in this um way i feel like she just like wasn't very well developed as a person so it's hard for me to like think of her with any of our characters but if i'm gonna be very tumblr blog shippy i'm going i'm going classic Amuro and Char, they even almost kissed at the end. They did almost kiss. Oh my god, I thought that when I was watching it. They like pretty much kissed. I looked up, yeah. Like, take off those helmets and they're making out. Like, don't you hate it when you're getting in a fight with your friend and you you just kind of kiss them? I I hate it when me and my friend are in like a zero gravity space lock and then we both remove each other's helmets and then next thing you know my lips are all over my main man's yep. lips. I hate that. I hate it too because like I don't know this almost happened the first time that Michael took off his mask that he was wearing <laughs> our entire previous friendship. I just saw what he looked like without that mask and hat. 
and I just had to have it, but I couldn't. Damn, now I want to lay one Another, on him. I, okay, go, I'm going to yeah. go with the many if my many spicy takes. Uh, Shara, kind of a looker without the helmet. Like, it's not spicy, but it's spicy for me for someone who absolutely oh, hates him. Oh, that's not a spicy take, well, dude. I had it, to pause. That Spi- take is as spicy as pizza is good. Well, that's it. <laughs> that, that take is spicy oh, yeah. for someone who absolutely <laughs> hates Shara's. I'm going to say. Might have given him a kiss yeah. if you take it yeah. off that mask as well. He he took his helmet off. I took a bite of a potato and then took a cold shower and then kept watching the episode. Like I like, it was a lot, but I worked through it. Okay, Shars now, is a sexy motherfucker. Oh yeah, definitely. I think yeah, his when voice is the that, best though. Oh, his voice is yeah, especially in the English dub. His his voice is incredible. Um, yeah. So moving uh, on, we're gonna go ahead and talk through some of these uh, first episodes. Um, yeah. These first two, I'm going to go ahead and kind of link them up together. So episode 31 and 32, we have a decoy in space where Char follows the Trojan horse as it travels into space, um, where the kind of the main battle of the, of the conclusion of the series is going to take place. Like it started in space. We're going back to space. We enjoyed our time on Earth, but we're, we got to get back out there among the stars. Thank um, yeah, so this is also I think the honestly the main thing of episode thirty one is our introduction introduction to the lanky douchebag, which is Slegger. Like yes. this character comes in hot as just a fuckboy. He's so clearly a fuckboy. He thinks he's hot shit and I, I absolutely cannot stand him. Christian, what are your thoughts on our main man Slegger? Oh man, I feel like Simon did a proper uh, you know, just trash trashing of JG Slegger a lot, but I fucking hate this dude. Oh my god. Everyone immediately hates him as soon as he steps on board White Base. He's like, mm-hmm. Yep, I'm here. I'm about to take a shower. I'm about to make <laughs> some sexist comments. Maybe feel up somebody's boobs real quick. That's literally <laughs> him. Yeah. That's, it's like that's kind him. of a bummer that even in like 1986, whenever this show was made, like that character existed in like fast forward like 30 years. And like we all know <laughs> someone like that. And like we still hate him. <laughs> like, oh, for sure. I don't know. Like, Alex, what do you think is like his favorite band? Slager's favorite band? Yeah, like, what's his favorite band? Oh, fuck. Uh, how do I say this without implicating myself as well? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like Slager, Slager jams out every night to that Lincoln Park and uh, uh, Jay-Z combo album. Oh, okay. So, so, like, I thought maybe uh, we were going to go butt rock, but we're going to go in, like, super normcore, like... Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, 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 do, I do enjoy that encore numb remake, that combo. I'm not, I, I do like that. But Slager, like, fucking... He stands that shit so hard. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, he's he showering, that. rapping, and saying all the N-words in it, too. Oh, no. That's exactly what yeah. I was going to say. I was going to say... <laughs> Slager yeah. listens to rap music and says the n-word also, when he raps. Also, I'm another one of my many hot takes. <laughs> yes. uh, Sager is just the Federation version of Char. Fight me. Oh, <laughs> fuck off. That's not Ooh, true. I, 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 I just like both characters yeah. strongly. 
All right, so going back into these episodes, episode 31 and 32, uh, a decoy in space and breakthrough, we basically have white bases transition from being on Earth to space and then on them getting to side six. Um, and then we have Char hot on their heels following them, you know, trying to catch up and still trying to destroy them. And then th we do get a little bit more of the backstory with Sayla and Char. We get, like, Sayla very much emotionally, you know, since their last meeting on Earth um, in episode 30. Um, we have her still, you know, getting a little bit more of the emotional side of her being feeling complicated about things. Um, and then, of course, I think the, the other main thing that we get is Slegger being our new, like, kind of almost like a Ryu replacement, like we have Ryu at home and it's Slegger <laughs> just the worst <laughs> um, he, he is the worst <laughs> nobody likes him mom I want Ryu yeah no, but honestly we have Ryu at home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but honestly there's not like a lot that progresses in the story in these episodes I, a couple of notes that I have I think that like honestly at this point when we have more Char attacking I, I'm getting way too much of his fucking theremin theme it really just gets on my nerves. I don't enjoy... I think out of all the music, that's the one thing that I don't enjoy is his theme. I feel like it's kind of uh, frustrating. And then, again, right. we're getting more of the Xeon mobile armors, these, like, new, like the newer mobile suits. Yeah. And I just, I do not enjoy their design. I'm kind of interested to see what you guys think. Simon, what were your thoughts on, like, the as the design was kind of changing? Yeah, and I you see this in um, later, too, where their design of, like, kind of alien kind of like weird kind of like fit almost like a fish mm -hmm. or like a reptile um versus the um you know earth federation's very like geometric i don't know but i think that's kind of like um that's just like in like kind of uh storytelling in that it's kind of like this or these organic shapes versus these much more rigid shapes which is just like kind of a way to differentiate them which my guess is I think the animators like had a talk on art direction and were like, okay, in order for to differentiate them during mm -hmm. these like massive space battles or to be able to like upon seeing a new mobile suit being like, oh hell yeah, a new Earth Federation mobile suit or like, oh no, that's a new um, you know, uh Principality of Xeon mobile suit. Because like even the uh I mean I'm looking at my Char's uh, Zaku right now and it's very round compared to like you know the rx-78 and everything and even like the gun take gun cannon and fucking like white base is literally like three rectangular prisms glued together like they're it's very <laughs> yeah. much like i don't know that being said i i do kind of wish they didn't try to make the gundams like these huge animals like these huge mutants i wish that they would have just because i love the zaku's design it's still very um mobile suity but the new one, like with the claws, mm -hmm. I hate the claws. I hate having like the bladed fingers or anything. Yeah. Um, I think that but... the Zaku in itself is like, it definitely di differentiates enough from the Gundam and like the Fetty mobile suits to be like mm -hmm. pretty clear in the early episodes. But it seemed like as they went on, they kind of like, they felt the need to up the ante as far as like what they were doing. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so it kind of like watered it down a little bit. Alex, yeah, what are your I, opinions on that? I kind of felt like they really took the uh, Zeon stuff to be more insects. Like they felt very buggish. And I wonder if some of that too is just like bugs are gross. We don't like insects. They're trying to have that separation of like you have the fetties, which are all, like clearly man made, clearly like, you know, human, it's a superior thing. And you have these very. Yeah, animalistic or like insect, which are lower in the tier, and that's, I kind of felt like that design choice. And you to kind of uh, build off of what Alex was saying there, it kind I feel as though it departs a little bit from the show's initial thesis, which is that you know it's the anti-war message. You know, everyone's the hero of their own story, and there's not necessarily any one good guy in the situation because everyone gets their hands dirty when you're in the business of killing each other and so when you have these designs where it's like alex said very much this like making it making them into these organic shapes almost look like insects or whatever and it automatically makes the audience root a little bit more for the federation Mm -hmm. i don't know and it, it becomes more clear later as the you know towards the end of the show that it's like yes Zeon to a degree is a little bit evil or like at least, at least some of the leaders within Zeon yeah uh, I feel like we so yeah I feel like whenever we started the podcast we were very like we're talking a lot about how ambiguous the characters are and there's a lot of beats in these last episodes where it seemed like the tune kind of changed with how they were developing the show and they're like you know what mm-hmm. the Zeon people they're just wrong they're just bad um but then there's still a little bit of ambig- ambiguity with we got Char and Sela and these other characters that have more complicated feelings, and they d- they still do yeah. portray the Fetties themselves as very complicated and very like they're not you don't yeah. really root for them like you you like them better than the Zeons obviously but it's not like they're necessarily like great and and like even in mm-hmm. this episode they send our heroes the White Base out as bait like. It's called. They're supposed, decoy. To, yeah, they're supposed yep. to be the decoy, um, and so I find that kind of that's kind of where the ambiguity still stays. But the Zeons are kind of more portrayed as like yeah, like you're saying, insect kind of bad, you know, more straightforward evil. The right. one detail that I kind of loved from uh, Thirty Two is when the Zacrello mobile armor gets a hold of Amaro and like is pulling him at the super high speed, and he just like slobbers all of him all over himself because the g-forces are so crazy that's like yeah one of my notes is that amuro fainted and it looks really weird it looks like he od'd (laughs) he's like "Uh." yeah he looks fucking strung out it's like wild there's so there's so many parts when i'm like watching it with emma and like something like that happens and i'm just like when the boof hits (laughs) like just like like at the end with all the stars like when the boof hits like <laughs> so yeah, some of my just like other notes I had from these first two episodes is that, that Frau Bo rules and that she's coming into her own on the bridge, yeah. and I really like that that mm. kind of she kind of came back into her own and they kind of gave her more responsibility as a character other than just like making sure the kids and Amro had eaten. I feel like that's you know was like a, a very nice thing that they had, and then. Um, Another small note is one of the things that I really like about this show is the kind of the small details um, that 
you're able to do an animation pretty easily for like a sci-fi show. So I love the wall handles, the ones that they can grab onto when they're in space. Yeah. I just think I that's so that cool. I put that in my notes yeah. too. I loved that. Yeah, it's just like one of those little details that I, I really enjoyed. Um, so I want to move on to Wait. episode 33, which is... I do have one question about these two episodes. Uh, did it? Is, yeah. I don't remember. At some point, like the first five that we watched, but don't we meet uh, Amuro's dad again? Yes, we're, we're getting that's that. That's in that 33. Yeah, that's in our next yes. episode. Okay. That's yeah. in 33. Yeah, mm-hmm. so episode 33, we have Farewell at Side 6. Uh, Mirai runs into her, her fiancé at Side 6, where the, uh, where the white base is taking refuge. Side 6 is basically a colony that hasn't taken a side in the war, and they have every ship that docks there or is in Side 6's airspace has to basically lock up its weapons and vow not to fight another the other faction so it's a place where both zeons and the federation can be uh and it's a neutral point um so this is like i feel like this is probably one of the more interesting episodes we have a couple of uh really cool moments we have a moment where sayla asks amuro his feelings of fraubo which i thought was really interesting and mm-hmm. I was I was kind of surprised talking about shipping that nobody mentioned Fraubo and Amuro, which I think is supposed to be like the classic kind of combo. Well, we actually, um, when you passed away very briefly, we talked about that um, for a little bit, and we kind of came to the conclusion that like all throughout, like Amuro is exhibiting really like toxic boy behavior through to fraubo the whole time mm-hmm. because like okay he's immature that is understandable you know he's a kid we've mentioned this countless times before on the podcast but i uh, i think christian said this like rather than being like okay i'm in my feels i don't know what to do i'm just going to maybe you know be indifferent towards fraubo mm-hmm. or you know maybe like talk through of it he's just like openly like just very rude to fraubo and just like frustrated with fraubo and then at the end, he kind of, like, eventually, like, comes, you know, is like, Frabo, you're actually pretty cool after all. And, like, Frabo's like, Amuro, I was with you the whole time. And it's just, like, kind of nice. Yeah. But it's just, like, that's not, like, a good base for, like, romance of, like, this whole, like, hey, you were shitting me for all this time, but now that you've matured, like, come on in. Like, the water's fine. Like, it's like, no, it's just, like, you blew that chance the second that you decided that your, you know, romantic confusion resulted in you know rudeness and like i don't know it's just like he he just like is always so impatient yeah. with Bravo. it's like shut yeah. the fuck up Amaro. and i, I love how the show actually like had to move on because she like meets oh meets so like it's not to get interested in what's his face like the little sh- yeah Hayato. Hayato. Like, i love that they're like yeah well if if he's gonna be short king yeah, short. yeah i stand for the short king with the short person myself <laughs> Yeah, and it was just like, yeah, if, well, if, you, if he's going to be an asshole to our Favre, short kings out there. he's just going to move on to someone right, better. We'll, yeah, we'll come back to that because I have thoughts. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that when the, when the time comes. Um, yeah, this episode's really cool, them at side six. I liked it. it. Well, it starts out, and I thought, oh, this is going to be an episode with no battle. Of course, they stick a battle in at the end. They find a way to do it, um, even when they're at the neutral zone. But we get Amuro is riding basically like a public transit and sees his dad come out of the bookstore which is just like a wild moment um i feel like yeah what would have been great is if he caught up to his dad and his dad had just been buying like jugs and penthouse <laughs> 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 but he, he finds his dad um and that he, his dad's probably 
Yeah, probably buying porn. Um, but um, walking out of the new Sun store. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so, how does? But that... his dad sucks. His dad. It was such a disappointing reunion, especially considering like they. That part like really fucked with me though. Yeah. Like yeah. seeing his dad deteriorate because I like I kind of started to have a little bit of like an internal breakdown because like I saw like. Amuro's dad thinks that he's making all these like really cool things and that he's like this genius but in reality he's just like this clueless idiot and like then after that like I was like I think I was coding this game I'm working on and then I like looked up and I'm like am I the clueless <laughs> genius and you are all just Amuro like telling me I'm doing a fine <laughs> job like I was just like what <laughs> like, yeah it was definitely a brutal Dude. reunion yeah I, was also, I feel like it, for anyone who has a complicated relationship with their dad, this episode will hit different. Like, because, yeah, his dad's all excited about it. I was like, oh, yeah, I've made this modification to this device. You should be able to install it to the gun and help it work better. And then Amuro takes a look at it, and he's like, yo, this is out of date. What is he doing? And he, like, starts, it starts dawning on him that he's, like, not quite in touch with reality and i was like damn that's some serious shit right there and um yeah and he mentioned something like uh, something about oxygen deprivation which was an interesting little detail because like in this universe is that something that people worry about you know they have to that they have to deal with it i just Simon? wanted to like also mention like off of what christian was saying like to me, also, the first thing that I thought when I saw this is I think that, like, maybe somebody, like, a writer on the show or perhaps an animator, like, might have been dealing with, like, a family member with dementia because it seemed, like, really real and just, like, really sad. And, like, dementia is, like, this horrible, horrible disease that just, like, it's, like, an insanely heavy thing to include. And I just, like, it seemed very, very personal. And I would like to, like, do a bit of research into kind of seeing who the creators of that was because like they could have just had his dad be like you know like oh he's now a z like pro z on or something mm-hmm. but they like decided to have him like suffer from this debilitating disease yeah it also like it kind of more firmly shows like amro finds his mom back on earth and then here is reunited with his dad and it just kind of like also just sets in stone the fact that his family is now the, his friends and at, at white base it's no longer he doesn't really you know resonate with his actual family and i think that can like actually is relatable to somebody like me who i don't have a very strong relationship with my family and when i consider like the people that i'm close with i consider that to be my friends and i think that like that's kind of mm-hmm. where his character is so it's just yeah a very like real moment in this show yeah. it's kind of nice um, and again, like going back to yeah. them sticking another battle in, they of course leave side six at the end of this episode to go get repairs done off site, um, where the Zeons launch another attack. And this has Amuro go, he just like goes sicko mode on these fucking Rick Doms and kills like nine of them. And there's also this really cool guitar track, this like dissonant guitar that comes out in this battle that was so wild. I really liked it. This is probably one of my favorite battles actually, just because it was like. Mm-hmm. Amaro being like using all of the pain that he was feeling from this emotional meeting and then going into this battle and absolutely just cleaning up mm-hmm. episode third yeah you could see that i love that he's like taking all his emotion out in battle and just so many layers in that episode 
it's mm. just great writing um yeah. storytelling and i feel like this battle was the first time you saw Amaro was like a little bit more than just normal like i don't know i feel like the way he like you went off was and they kind of start to allude to this a little bit in the next couple episodes but yeah this is right this is definitely that the beginning of the new type uh resurrection or like the new type idea of the show that's kind of starts to move in and become the main like plot point in this end so episode 34 uh, a fateful encounter is another like i I enjoy both these side six episodes the white base goes back Mm -hmm. to side six uh to continue working on the base and we have amaro leaving again to go find his dad um while out he meets a new character lala who is just like a hippy dippy flow art type girl she's just like watching birds super like cool she's like the new girl at school she like moved from california just like kind of different her mom like owns a candle <laughs> business and she's like really into essential oils and she's like cbd is like has changed my life amaro like try it out like love, she makes her own love. soaps you know mm-hmm. we love we do. Lala. Like she we has should a do ton a thing. of Instagram okay, followers. Here's a game for us that we play in farmer or in like real life. Like we go to our local farmers market and we see how many people look like Lala there because I'm guessing it's going to be not. Oh, I mean Lala, Lala's straight out of Coachella. Like she clearly, yeah, she, Hundo P. Yeah. yeah, it's like she's a freshman in college. She went to Coachella in between high school and college because she can do what she wants now. Yeah. She exactly. like she smoked like a CBD cigarette, and now her like now she has like new type of and, exactly. she has new type abilities now. Um, I also uh, one of my notes here is that the beautiful mind that movie with uh, I don't know who plays in it, but that's based off of Amaro's dad. Amaro's dad's basically the beautiful mind that schizophrenic. Oh, basically Matt yeah. Damon from the beautiful mind. I love that guy. I don't think it's Matt Damon, <laughs> but I think it's Matt Damon. Oh no 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 no! It's Wolverine. It's what Russell the fuck Crow. Was his name? I, I was thinking of fucking um, uh, Rain oh, Man. Oh. I feel like Amaro's dad is Rain Man. <laughs> also not Matt Tom Damon. What's the one where Matt Damon's really good at math? That's um. Good yeah. <laughs> Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Same um, kind of genre of movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is this has uh, a really cool scene where uh, Amaro and Shar meet, where Shar doesn't know who mm. Amaro is. He helps him dig his car out of a ditch. Um, yeah. Very weird Dude, scene. Um, Shar looks so cool in that cool. scene. He literally like shows up like with a honey and is like, "Yo, what's up?" Like, you little hike want me to help you like dig my car your car out with my much cooler car and then just like zooms the fuck off he's so cool yeah kind of like a, <laughs> yeah. like a cool jock at your school who like you're kind of intimidated by but he's also just nice to you anyway like he doesn't yeah. have to yeah. be nice mm-hmm. to you but he mm-hmm. is and you're like why is that guy so oh. nice to me i don't like it's kind of weird makes me feel a little strange um i really mm-hmm. wish that amaro and Shar would just kiss already like he helped you out of the ditch, reward him with a little kiss. I don't know why they didn't. Like, Wait a couple episodes. He's only cool to you until he realizes you pilot the gun him. He stabs you in the fucking arm. That's <laughs> true. Like, true. Fuck this dude. <laughs> true. True. Um, yeah, and so this is, I think, definitely the episode where the new type storyline is brought in. And we get our first kind of real solid 
idea of what a new type is and what that means in the show and that honestly becomes like the biggest story in the last you know 10 episodes um yeah what are you guys opinions like i just want to use this as an opportunity to talk about it in general like what are you guys opinions on this kind of more mystic magical thing in a in a realistic show were you kind of confused by it or thrown off did you like it or not like it simon um go ahead simon oh i was going to say i really really like the concept of the new type because i feel like living in the world that we currently live in where it becomes really really apparent kind of all of the people that don't have others interests in mind that are just very self-centered and not in kind of just in it for themselves in their outdated beliefs the whole new type idea is kind of this like hey let's kind of be mindful of everything and be able to see Mm. you know situations from different points of view and therefore we're going to be able to solve problems in a much more productive and you know helpful manner for everybody involved so like i think it's kind of cool to have this like new type thing that everyone can strive for like in like in the real life in the real world like you know uh i think that later in the episode you know that like uh, well we can talk about it later but uh it's just such a good example of what i'm talking about is that that older commander who was a new type um like he was talking to char and he was like oh like char was like do you like understand why i'm having you or do i understand that you're a new type and he says something along the lines of like yes i do and i would love to like you know see the betterment of everyone from like you know all different sorts of points of view and everything um but basically it's just this idea that they want the best for everybody and i really like that you know juxtaposing this war you know interface because Mm -hmm. i think it's very you know relevant to real life of like you know there's a ton of people that are just you know using their beliefs and like warring and not really looking at all the you know sides of everything right now but i think that if people were to kind of I don't know but it's kind of unfortunate that they're treating a new type like this mystical thing that mm-hmm. is like not everyone can achieve when yeah. in reality it's like everyone should be kind of channeling yeah. a little bit of new type energy christian yeah everyone could use a little bit yeah new christian type. what were you gonna say um yeah i mean i like i like this uh little this infusion of mysticism into the show because uh you know the, the one of the major premises, one of the creator's intentions behind this to create this real sci-fi, real robot situation, right? Base these robots in a kind of realistic uh, world. <clears throat> but uh, I, I think it adds like a whole different layer to it in that they, they can use the new type aspect of the story and do a bunch of different things I would, like Simon was talking about play off all these different themes right these new types are supposed to be more empathetic they're supposed to be more conscious of other people's feelings and thoughts and and uh, you know well-being mm-hmm. and yet they're these weapons right they're used as weapons in war as like i mean they're, they're killing tons of people at a time every battle mm-hmm. that they go into you know um so that's it's kind of interesting, yeah i really right? like but, what both of yeah. you all outlined there because i think like going into this conversation i was ready to say that i don't like it i don't like new types because i don't like the mysticism of it it like 
I like Gundam for you know, like it's kind of realistic. I don't know. It's like a little bit more of a harder, realistic sci-fi. And I think like adding in the new type just seems kind of like Gundam's version of the Force, like from Star Wars. Right, right. And that yeah. kind of like bums me out. But the way that you both kind of talked about its complexities and what it means outside of just battle, I found really interesting. And like it kind of makes me think about like a new type is just somebody whose mind is more open to you know different possibilities and i like even in this series the ability of the different pilots who have new type abilities to connect with each other i think that is compelling alex what do you what do you think yeah i mean first off say i really like simon and christian's kind of view of a new type is but my first thought of the new type i was kind of in you know kind of rolled my eyes like uh another mech with psychic abilities and i stopped i was like oh wait no this was the first mech with psychic abilities and it made me like stop to really appreciate it because one of my favorite mech shows is yeah. is uh, uh, Code Geass, which is a mech show with also a psychic. And that was the first one I saw. It's like, yeah, psychic power make the mech so much cooler. And I had to remember, like, oh mm-hmm. no, yeah, let's, mm-hmm. let's take a second yeah. back and remember that this is the first time it did it. And then it made me like, oh yeah, if I if if I ignore the fact that I've seen this numerous times because I am really late to coming to the first Gundam series, it put me into a point where I really enjoyed watching that like new types existing like yeah it's a really cool concept so yeah that's yeah, a really good a, point because yeah. it, it is like the first version of it too so yeah. you know, if, you t- if you take out all the context that we have coming to the series you know 40 years late then you you know you can realize how important it was at the time yeah and i've caught um, myself a few times trying to be like stop like no wait it's the first time it's happened let's look at it through the lens and enjoying parts of the show that i kind of was annoyed at the first time I think it's really it reminds cool. me a little bit of like the X Men factor, right? So like the X Men get have this like this new evolution of humanity and like all the complications that emerge from that. And I think mm-hmm. other Gundam series focus more in on that, but yeah, I think it adds like it just adds another avenue of storytelling. I think. Yeah, I, I think the yeah, thing I most find interesting is the the ability to connect the pilots to each other and have them kind of communicate. And I think that mm-hmm. that for me is like definitely one of the merits of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll go ahead and move on. Episode 35 and 36 are basically a two-parter on the battle of Solomon. So we have the Federation mm-hmm. forces after the Trojan horse leaves side six links up with the main, um, bulk of the forces and we have basically one of the biggest battles we've seen yet that takes place over these two episodes um where the federation forces by way of you know using amuro of course and the white base but also the use of a new solar weapon are able to destroy solomon and take out a large uh large faction of the zeon's force and i think that one of the bigger kind of takeaways from this is that like Part of the reason why the Fetis are able to dismantle the Zeons is that the Zeons aren't working together. For all that they talk mm. about with new types and, you know, using, like, having, like, a new way of life, if the Zeon, fa- like, if even the Zabi family just talked to each other and took time to coordinate, <laughs> then they would probably have won. But everybody's kind of looking mm-hmm. out for them, like, for themselves, which is just, like, another perfect evil trope um 
Another thing that I have But here... that being said... Yeah, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Simon. Was the, was the huge solar flare um, or solar panel weapon in these two episodes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. If yeah. they were? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, the Fetties. The Fetties. So like, there's, two, there's actually two versions of it. The Fetties use it in episode 35. Um, and then in, I think, like episode 40, 42, the Zeons use their own mm-hmm. version of it. Um, so yeah, right, the solar, right. they call it the solar flare like, system. Yeah, it's interesting that, like, they're, the Earth Federation is using this, like, weapon of mass destruction. Like, that seemed like, hor- like, the whole subplot of them, like, destroying that commander who, like, they made very apparent has a wife and a child. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they're just, they, they do such a good job of, like, pulling you back and forth of, like, I don't know. But it's also, like, the whole theme of, like, all corporations are bad it's the individuals that are good you know for sure like that's very that's very prevalent in like current day of like it doesn't matter what like who does what like amazon is bad ebay is bad if it's a corporation it is bad but there are good people that exist within those corporations speaking of good guys being on the bad guys side um one of my favorite characters that we have is commander dozel um, he has a really great moment in the middle of the the battle on Solomon, where the, all the fatties are t- kind of like taking over Solomon, where he just asks for another cup of coffee, and I'm just like, that's me, yeah, you know, yeah. that's me, that's literally me. Chaos Michael going Holmes. everywhere, people are attacking me. I'm like, hey, can I, like, dude, can you give me some coffee? Like, I just need that Joe. Michael, Love gotta have my coffee. Michael, you only like characters who drink coffee in the middle of a battle. So both of your two favorite characters have done this so far. It's true. I love. It's them. almost like, it's not like a mini flex. Like I don't give a fuck. Like they're invading Solomon Base. I'm so chill. Give me another cup of coffee. Wake me up. Yeah, this so is boring. No, he's very, yeah, he's very confident about it. Um, and this is also in these episodes we get Mirai being into Slegger, which is like the biggest fucking bummer of all time. Uh. It's like it's a major like '80s bullshit that like she's into this super fucking alpha male toxic bastard yeah i hate that didn't he like get a slapper in like the previous episode yeah yeah we didn't cover it but i feel like we should break that down because first of all mirai is telling her fiance she doesn't love him she doesn't want Mm -hmm. his fucking charity and you know doesn't want his help and it doesn't want him intervening unnecessarily and then Slegger Law comes out of nowhere, slaps the fuck out of Mirai. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't just like a light little slap. He fucking smacked her. Yeah, and Slegger dr- is like, like literally standing up for like good guy culture of like, oh, he's such a nice guy. Nice guy's finishing last, Mirai. Can't you see that? <laughs> and like, there's probably just like a whole group of like fucking nice guys that like worship slager for like sticking up for like this fucking simp of a man uh, like yeah that's the whole thing i was thinking of like the whole idea like the word simp is like hilarious and everything but like i don't know mirai's ex-husband was just like really thirsty and like putting her on this pedestal that she didn't ask to be on Mm -hmm. well and then he he like he throws it in her face. He's like, oh, I spent all this money looking for you. Can't you appreciate that? Mm-hmm. 
Not a lot of what? not a lot of good adult men in the show because honestly, no. like no. one of my notes from an earlier episode that I don't really remember why I wrote it down, but I put that Bright is like the most gaslighting man ever. Like he's such a gaslighter <laughs> too. He's like, what's wrong? Like, oh, uh, like, like, what's what's so wrong with you? Like, you probably should yeah, just go take a yeah. nap. You're probably just angry. Like, yes, I don't know. yes. None of these and- of of these men are great. <laughs> are necessarily great and he he doesn't intervene right he doesn't like yeah. say hey slugger what the fuck why'd you touch mirai like that you shouldn't do that and then no. and then after slugger walks off and then like looks at mirai and scoffs and then just walks mm-hmm. away out uh anyways oh, yeah we didn't get to break that down life art reflects <laughs> life <laughs> oh. so definitely the type of dude to be like oh don't talk to her she's on a period right now <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, episode episode thirty six. We do get Slagger going out. He pour one out for Slagger. That man. Oh no! Do not pour one out for Slagger. <laughs> Fuck him. No. Pour one in for Slagger. Like. <laughs> yeah, pour one out it, into your mouth. After put it back in the fridge for Slagger. Be like, nah. <laughs> I'm so happy. Um, Return it to the store yeah. for Slager. Say, I bought this to pour it out for a homie, but yeah. he wasn't a homie. Also, can I in the ep- in this episode the big bat that appears? Yeah, don't know why. Um, can I can can I talk about this for a second? Yeah, this is I weird. was freaking out when I saw this because my apartment was recently plagued by real life bats, like Whoa. flying around inside in my apartment. <laughs> And I just got rid of the last bat in my apartment. I live a crazy life, y'all. And then I watched this episode thinking that I would be able to enjoy some bat-free content. And I paused it, and I like when I got my partner, and we were like freaking the fuck out that bats have infiltrated Gundam, and it fucking sucked. I hate bats. If you're a bat listening to this, fuck you. Go live in someone else's apartment. Bats live outside. Simon lives inside. Get that through your little bat brain. Yeah, yeah, that bat was weird. Thanks for the support to all the bats. (laughs) But I do think that that episode 36 ended incredibly. Like, the ending of that one was great. They had, like, a really nice kind of, like, lo-fi song playing underneath it. Like, really gentle song. And we lost some characters. We saw, you know, a a lot of people die. So I feel like that was, like, a nice kind of ending to this section of episodes um and i kind of like mm-hmm. i really enjoyed that battle of solomon i feel like it honestly was the better battle in this series i think it was definitely the best one um yeah one thing i, I do like say, it was okay, i do okay, okay. It, the xeon force did become overly reliant on the doms and i just don't like the design of the doms very much and i very much in this battle miss the zakus so I was glad to see the Zakus get a bigger play later in the series. Yeah. Also, it was cool to see the big Zam go out in a blaze of glory, you know? Like, I was... Yeah. It's like, why didn't Dozel whip that shit out in the beginning of the battle? Because it just... He gets out there, beam attacks don't work on it. It just deflects right off the armor. And he fucks up, like, at least a third of the Federation fleet that showed up to... Mm-hmm. take over Solomon before you know Amaro and, and Slegger do this last ditch attempt to take it down but yeah it was yeah, a great I episode like... one of the, I think the best one of the best set pieces of the whole show 
Definitely. And I think that Dozel was just a really good villain. Or, like, yeah, a really good bad mm-hmm. guy for that one as well. Um, and then, like, moving into episode 37, we have the duel in Texas, which is a, kind of a weird one. Um, it's Amaro fights Makuve on the Texas colony, which is basically, like, a colony that's made like the desert, which just seems very odd. Um, and the, <laughs> that's yeah. what Texas is, dude. <laughs> it really is, though. Um, and so... But yeah, we have uh, Amuro fighting Makuve, but also this is our reintroduction of Shar and Lala into the Amuro story, and we have Shar and Amuro uh, once again battling one on one, and has uh, Shar fighting in his new mobile suit, which was like I thought was like actually one of the cooler designs uh, for recently out of the mobile suits. Um, That's but the uh, one the Kelgog, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the Gelgog. Okay. Which I, yeah, I think it was a very cool mobile suit. Um, I would, I, Simon, what did you think of Makuve's mobile suit design? That one was like a little bit. I like, was gonna. Yeah. I was. I was gonna. I'm actually. I'm like furiously like googling where to buy it because that was my favorite mobile suit in the whole series. I loved it so much. That one, the, like knight mobile suit. Yeah, very much like fencing. That's pretty kind cool. Of. It was it was my favorite mobile suit. I was freaking out when I saw it. It is like, I don't know. It's such a unique design, and it's like I love the hand to hand combat mm-hmm. and like the cool. I like this last chunk of um, episodes because like I don't know, firing guns at each other is like while that is like a big thing in sci fi. It's not particularly like interesting mm-hmm. to watch. You know, just seeing like oh bullet dodge, bullet explode, but like the choreography of like you know the hand to hand fight of the Gundam versus Makuve's. Um, yeah mobile suit i really really liked it it's also kind One of, of the cool things... to see uh is to see them do like we've watched two episodes three or like four episodes of space battle and then they throw us an episode on like a planet or like on the colony so you get to see another like yeah round fight kind of um which mm-hmm. was interesting christian what were you gonna say oh it's just i loved how uh Makuve's fighting style matched his character he's mm-hmm. a sneaky sly you know, guy who thinks things out, he plans things, and so he's setting all these traps for Amuro, and, you know, until he's forced to actually fight with him hand-to-hand, you know, he's he's being real sneaky, and mm-hmm. I thought that was, like, a nice way that um, his character actually complemented his fighting style. Yeah, and I, like, I like that a lot. Like Simon mentioned, I loved the, the fencing battle. That was, the sword fight was so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Makuve, uh, there's a weird scene where he has like a, what I think they say is a vase. He's like holding on. Oh to it. yeah, that's <laughs> like that's a bomb, arts. right? That's like definitely a bomb. It looks 100 like know. a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> like, He's like sm- like Makuve is cool, dude. He smokes. Like, yeah. Makuve is sick. <laughs> yeah, Makuve is like always on a drink and smoke. Makuve's got some like damn nice Xeon loud though it yeah. like it'll fuck you up really bad yeah he's in his <laughs> oh, I want loud. fan art of a Gundam hitting a bomb so <laughs> bad just like a fucking massive so cool um we do have the, okay Lala and this is I think this is our first or one of our first instances of Lala and Amro communicating via t- telepathy basically which is you know which we've talked about is going to be a big through line in these last episodes but I kind of like the idea of like Amuro misreading it kind of and not understanding what it is and he's like I feel like I'm being seen right now like somebody's watching me who's watching me 
I felt like that was like a really cool way to introduce that concept, um, even though I wasn't one hundred percent on board for it. All right, and with that, um, we're gonna take a break. Hello, listeners. It's Michael here. I just wanted to step in real quick and just say a big thank you. Um, thank you for listening to our silly show. We really appreciate it. Um, and if you don't mind, we also have a favor to ask. Um, it really helps the show uh, if you leave us a rating and review on whichever podcast app you use, iTunes, Spotify. Those reviews help other people find the show, and uh, they also just make us happy. And if you've ever seen Christian's beautiful smile, you'll know how much that's worth. So, uh, again, thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you another time. Yep, that's how you say goodbye. Alright, welcome back. We're going to start this segment off with a little game I like to call Hayato, or Hayano. I have Woo! compiled um, three uh, three trivia's from the IMDb page for Mobile Suit Gundam uh, seventy nine. So three things off the trivia page, and then I have made up three fake trivia's. Um, now, I have not vetted whether the ones I got from IMDb are true because they very well could not be. Also, I have not verified that mine aren't true. So. Honestly, either one could be or could not be real or accurate. So uh, it's kind of, it's going to be uh, up to you guys to decide. So I'm going to give uh, I'm going to give all three of you the same ones, and I want you to keep your own score as to whether or not you guessed correctly if it was a real or fake. All right, does everybody understand the rules? Perfect. Yep. Hi, hi. So you're giving us pieces of trivia. Mm-hmm. How many pieces of trivia? Six in total. Six in total, mm-hmm. and how many will be fake? Three of them. Three fake and three real. Gotcha. Yep. And then you have to decide what is real or fake. So I'll do. We'll do one at a time. All right. This will be the first piece of trivia. The original Gundam color was supposed to be a simple gray, but the show's toy sponsor wanted it to be more colorful, asking it to be the classic red, white, blue, and yellow. Christian, do you think that is off of the IMDb page, or is it one that I made up? That is true. Alex, can, what do you think? Can I ask a very, can I ask a follow up question? Uh, you can ask a question. I'm probably not going to answer it. Uh, did you make up that fact? I plead the fifth. <laughs> That's a true fact. <laughs> Simon, what do you think? It's like the classic like. Michael, I'm gonna an- I'm gonna ask you a question. You have to answer yes or no. It's like, d- did your mom make up that fact? <laughs> <laughs> or no, does your mom know you made up that fact? That is true. You you think that I made up the fact, or you think that it's real? I think that it's real. I think it's a real fact that they actually had that conversation with the toy company. You will all three are correct. That was a true. Yep. Well, not necessarily true, but that was a fact on the IMDb page all right perfect uh here is another one 
Tamano, uh, Tamano, the director, his original concept for the series was much darker, with Amaro dying halfway through the series and the crew of the White Base having to ally with Shar. Christian, do you think that is true, or I made it up? I think that's 100% true. Alright. Alex, what do you think? That is true as my hatred for Shar. And that Simon, means? what do you think? False. You made that up. Easy. That is another one that is on the IMDb page. What? Yep. Are you kidding me? That doesn't mean it's true. It just means it's on the page. I... It still could be false. Okay. Um, all right. The next one I have is Amuro's father was going to have a more elaborate subplot where he joined the Zeons under Lala's control and Amaro had to free him. This was cut due to the episode order being uh, cut down. Christian? Ooh. I would love if that were true, but I think it's false. She, uh, Alex, what do you think? His father was under whose control? Uh, Lala's control. Oh, if it was Lala's control, it's false, but I'm with Christian that. Uh, I mean, I was always rooting for Amaro's father to be joined part of the Zeon, so. But yeah, mm-hmm. the, the fact Simon, is false. What do you think? I think that is false as well. Alright, you all got that one. It was false. It's very, I think what would be cool... Yeah, it's wishful thinking. Is if... Is if... Amuro thought he was under my control, mm-hmm. but actually he was straight up for Zeon the whole time. Yeah. If he was at any was... other character, I would have believed it. Wait, why? The whole time Amuro is... is just on side six, and this whole thing is an oxygen... <laughs> 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 yeah! I would have pissed off every fan in one, in one city. If, if you would have said that he was, like, being under control of someone else, Lala was too nice. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm simply for her heart as well, and I want to see just the best in her. But yeah, but I couldn't see her controlling right. someone else. Um, the next fact I have is that Tamino pitched the Gundam story as a movie, but it, was, it could only be sold as a TV series. Ooh. Christian, what do you think? Uh, false. Alex? I think that one's true, actually. Alright, and Simon? I think that one's false. I think that it was always good to be a TV show. It was false. I made that one up. Damn. It sounds real, though. You're good at this, Michael. Yeah, well, I, well, it was originally supposed to be a longer TV series, and then they ended up editing it into mm-hmm. the movies. So, I mean, it could have been true. Um, all right. I would have given you a kiss, Simon. Here is another one. Um, so I'm going to give you these last two, and you're going to have to pick which one, because one of them's true, one of them's false. So I'm going to give you the last two, and then I'll let you decide which one you think is true and false, and then we can uh, say your scores. Uh, all right. So the first one is unusually for the time. This show was geared more more for teens as opposed to children. And the other fact I have is that Tomino, the series director, had a falling out with uh, Nakamura, uh, who is the art director, um, as they couldn't agree on the designs of the new mobile suits as the series went on. So like closer to the end of the series, they had a falling out due to the, the designs of the mobile suits. 
Christian, Ooh. which of those do you think is true and which one do you think is false? So it doesn't have to be either or, right? They could be both false and both true. Uh, on this one, I'll, I'm going to tell you that one of them is true and one of them is false. Oh. Uh, okay. I'm just going with my instinct here. First one is false and the second one is true. Okay. Alex? I agree with Christian. The same as Christian? Yep. And Simon? I think that the first one the first one is true and the second one is false. Simon was so correct. Oh. Yeah, Simon yes. was correct. So ah. I made up the falling out that they had. Although that again, that could be true. <laughs> Who knows? No, that research. like that would ruin me. I have this because I hope that like making this was just like so fun for everyone involved and like the animators just like showed the producers it and everyone just like loved it and then the story directors just like were so stoked on the animators like that's the vision i have so i'm really glad that that was false yeah the imdb trivia wasn't that great so that's why i had to pull the one which was that it was geared for teens as opposed to children there were only like seven facts on there Uh (laughs) so it was a little disappointing um because i read something saying that um Tomino was actually pissed that they changed the color scheme. It uh, may have been of, of white base, not necessarily gun. Wait, what other color base. could a white base uh, been? They, he wanted it to be like a black color, That's which art-wise would not have worked because they're in space. So how would you see goth white base? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Black base. I think that was a good choice on, on Suncoast uh, part, but yeah, he was mad about that. So I was like, oh, that's possible. But that's interesting. So wait, that who, was a fun game, Michael. Thanks who, for making that. Who did the best out of you all? Well, we were all scores. Did you take scores? Yeah, I got. Yeah. I got. Uh, so, uh, so I, mean, I, got I got five points. Christian? So I got all of them right except for one. Christian, how many points did you get? Mm, four I points, you, I guess, because I, I got the last four. two wrong. I got three points. I got the last two questions wrong. Nice. So, I think, wait, does Simon win? He did. Simon wins. Oh, yeah. I don't know where. I know everything about this damn show. Well, guys, thank you so much for playing Hayato or Hayano. Yes. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, we'll finish up by going through episodes 38 through 43. Christian, do you want to go ahead and take us away? Sure. So, episode 38, Char and Sayla. Um, so, in this episode, we kind of... This is the second half of the face-off in the Texas zone. Um, as Amaro and Char face off in the desert, um, Amaro's capabilities as a new type become more apparent. Char barely escapes the fight, and Sayla has yet another encounter with Char as she tries to find Gundam and Amaro. While Shar attempts to convince his sister to leave the military, we learn of their tragic backstory and how the Zabi family took control of Zeon. While White Base is busy retrieving Amuro and Gundam, Commandant Joaquin and his Magellan-class cruiser are taken down. So we actually learn quite a bit about the Gundam, uh, what do you, the Gundam lore in this episode. So Michael, you want to break down that backstory? Yeah, well, we get, yeah, the, it's, like, so much alluded to. It's not 
it's not like super concrete, but it's mostly based around the the conversation between Shar and Sela, correct? Kind of, and mm-hmm. where uh, yeah. we have Bright being a fucking snoop. You know, he knows he's listening on something important, but he's just sitting there listening to their conversation. Mm-hmm. And he gets basically Shar and Sela's backstory, which is that their father was kind of like the ruler or kind of president of the Zeons. And then the yeah, he's like the founder, family. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And His last name was Zeon, yeah. And so, yeah. No, it was um, Daikun. Daikun. Yeah, Daikun. And so he is basically the, yeah, this founder of this new way of thinking and their, their idea that the new types are the future and that they are, be- like, better off being separated from the rest of humanity and then is betrayed by the Zabi family um, and killed and which leads to Shar and Sela basically both leaving the Zeon side and like leaving um, the Zabi family to, to like seek refuge on Earth, to where they were then separated. Um, both trying to find a way to have revenge upon the Zabis, Shar aligns himself with them in an attempt to backstab them, whereas Sela joins the Fetis, who would technically be her, her family's enemy but in a way to get back at the zombies as well so yeah again all of that backstory packed into this conversation was like it was pretty compelling but also like yeah a little like confusing i guess um and you kind of wish you could see it like i kind of wish that we got to see it yeah um a little bit more like they should have done a flashback episode or something i feel like would have been like kind of yeah you almost wonder if we had gotten all 50 Mm -hmm. if they would have had room for that and i think that i would have loved that and if you notice, the the guy who spirits Shar and Sela away, his name is Jimbo Rawl. Yeah, I, I heard so, I I saw that. So you like kind of get the impression that there's like a few families that are basically in control of or have a lot of power or influence within the principality of Zeon. You have the Rawl mm-hmm. family, you have the Daekun family, and then you have the Zabi family. And the Zabi family is the one that kind of swoops in and, you know, takes advantage of the situation and takes mm-hmm. control. And I think this little conversation between Sela and Shar gives us, like, a nice little window into, like, this, the family politics, um, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what... Uh, so this episode basically i feel like that was the most important part yeah of of it because we get to learn okay so why what is char's grudge against the zombie family like we had no idea really mm-hmm. up until this point yeah yeah it's kind of nice to have that backstory and then i feel like it was also good for sayla's character to have like somebody in bright know what was going on yeah though, like bright's kind of a dick not really like him. I think it's kind of nice the way that he accepts her um, for who she is. It's kind of a, like shows that he isn't like that bad. I just I don't know. I feel like he's kind of a douchebag. Mm-hmm. I think he he starts off as a douchebag, but then he grows as a leader. Because I, I feel mm-hmm. like he does a pretty good job of leading everybody in this last part yeah. of the show, uh, yeah. leading them through Definitely. these like major battles, pretty much. That actually reminds me of a question that I wanted to ask everybody, which uh, this will be this week's burning question. Play the theme song. The end of mine is burning red. Its loud roar tells me to burn. 
question. Who do you all think is a better leader, Shar or Bright? Bright. Now I gotta start, start with Christian, go ahead. I think Bright is the better leader because Shar, he's really only concerned about his goal of getting revenge um, slash honoring his father's memory. So most of the people around him are just disposable pawns. And, you know, you never know when you might be, uh, you know, burned just because, uh, you know, Shar needs to get what he needs to get done. And I feel like Bry actually, Bright actually has everyone's uh, best interests in heart. Yeah. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bright is the better leader, not because I dislike Shar, but I feel like Shar is the more charismatic leader for sure. And you can see that, like, his troops love him and like they do whatever he says but yeah he just kind of he doesn't care about his mm. troops so like i think a push really comes to shove people would and you do see it people follow what bright says more simon what do you think yeah i think i think you have to like look at the context of like the people bright is leading like the people bright are leading like start like he like raised them from puppies you know char is kind of just like given like whoever like you know whatever is he on infantry um is assigned to him and i also would argue he's not really a leader kind of what christian says he has his own um kind of motivations and such but i something that i noticed is char i don't know if it was just the english translation but he's super nice to everybody like he's like whenever if someone were to disappoint him he's always like it's okay like we'll get him next time or something like Mm -hmm. that like there is a of course like when he's leaving like he he definitely says some mean things like when he's leaving side six he's like we're only keeping you around like as like because we want you to be and he's like he definitely can be a bit ruthless but for the most part like when people like organize with him like you know compared to some of the other zeon leaders who are really mean to all of their you know su- supporting officers char is like really kind but i think bright is just like everyone's on bright's team and they just like want to do the best for bright because they kind of have, have like have also watched him grow into his own and kind of want to just see him flourish so zeon becomes more interested in incorporating the abilities of new types into their military force using Lala as a test subject in offensive maneuvers against the Solomon base, which the Federation is taking over. Degwin and Girinzabi have also become interested in putting the abilities of Lieutenant Shalia Bull to use as well. Bright confronts Sela about her secret past, uh, while Shalia puts the Browbow mobile armor to the test in an intense fight with Gundam. Despite Gundam's inability to keep up with Amuro's uh, new type abilities, he prevails against Lieutenant Shalia Bull. So, um, poor Shalia, man. I think I feel like he got the short end of the stick in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. He was like just I don't know, just this like well-meaning like middle-aged man who kind of became a little cognizant that he was being used as a pawn, and then just got like thrown out there. Like, was a new type. I I feel like he's the. To me, it kind of felt like in in a lot of like tropes where they have like you know these or in a lot of sci-fi movies where they have this like maniacal overlord like using these people as pawns he felt like kind of like the mutation gone wrong but you just can't help but like pity it you know because like he was just he wasn't in control it was like kind of when like you know the dog dies in a movie it's just like oh he was so innocent and naive like, <laughs> he was help. so innocent 
Yeah, I like yeah. love this guy. I was like, I was looking to see him, like you know, have a moment with Amuro, and then like, then then he gets invited up on board the white base. He gets to train Amuro because he like into makes his. really good like oatmeal raisin cookies. But like instead, Amuro's just like, Amuro just like kills him in cold blood, and he's like, "Thank God that's over with." And I'm like, "Dude, like he was chill." And that was it. That's literally like Amuro's just like, no, that's done with, and I'm just like, no, like, <laughs> it, it was fucking brutal. Yeah, because like, like, uh, like I like this is this is where they also ran out of names to name things, and they're just like, I don't know, brow bro, what the fuck, I don't care, I don't give a shit, just name it a brow bro, brow bro, yeah, brow bro, brow bro, like, brow bro, creators, like infant daughter was just like pronouncing Frau Boa's name wrong, and it's just like, you know what, that's actually a really good idea, good name. <laughs> Yeah, where's Shelly? Because Shelly Bull doesn't even really know he's a new type. Because Giran pulls him into his office and he's like, hey, uh, you know you've got these abilities, right? And he's like, uh, I guess. And he's like, all right, let's go test them out. And then next thing you know, he gets fucking killed. Yeah. Um, and what I thought was weird is that, like, Giran's like, you know why I'm putting you under Cassilia's control, right? And then, like, stares at him for a good second and Shalia's like, uh... Uh, I'm not really sure. And the audience isn't really that sure either. So, I don't know. That was weird. I kind of um, I don't like the minutia of this that much because it kind of reminds me of, like, midichlorians from episode one. It's just, like, I don't know, like, them testing out the new types and stuff. I, I don't know. It's just, like, a little, uh, like, a little too much for me. Yeah, like, the, the installing the Saikomu devices into the mobile suits so that, like, it responds better to the new types and stuff like that. I think it's their attempt to bring it back down into the reality. So it's like, oh, we have this mystical-type thing going on, but then let's ground it into, like, some kind of pseudoscience situation going on here. Um and so but that basically brings us into uh what are we episode 40 uh lala's dilemma mm -hmm. so while uh dr mas khan leads a team of federation mechanics to make modifications to gundam to better suit amuro's new type abilities zeon under the what was that, that, that dude oh rules. i love that guy yeah mas khan um, he's like q from James Bond or something. No, he's like yeah. fucking all this CS boys <laughs> that I went to school with. We're like, we're here now and we're going to save the world because we know everything. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. I thought he was cool. I loved him. <laughs> no, the, he fucking just came. He's like, hey, Windows 8, we're Windows 10. We're bigger and better. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. exactly what happened. Step aside. Yeah, um, was rude. <laughs> Zeon, under the command of Commander uh, Giran Zabi, makes preparations for the use of a solar ray, we uh, solar ray weapon as part of their last line of, of defense. Uh, White Base attempts to unite with Federation's, the Federation's 13th Autonomous Fleet. Shar and Lala confront Amuro in battle. Amuro severely damages Shar's mobile suit and forces Lala into retreat. Mm -hmm. Um... So basically not a whole lot happens in this episode except for um, we do get a, a really interesting conversation between Degwin uh, and his son, Giran. Yeah, Alex, that's fucking best thing ever. We should have called his son a Nazi. <laughs> I'm sorry. He calls him a Nazi. He calls his yeah. son Hitler. 
And it sounds like, yeah, yeah it's cool. Wild. All right, I guess I'm Hitler. I'm not, I'm not phased by that. Family dictatorship. Uh, Giren, are you familiar with Adolf Hitler? Uh, Hitler? You mean from the Middle Ages? Yes, a dictator, completely out of touch with the rest of the world. You seem to be following in his footsteps. Is that so? I, like, liked that whole scene, though, because, like, what he also said was he was like, yeah, you're Hitler, but, like, Hitler lost. Like, that's something, that's a frustration I get in, like, a lot of shows like this, where it's just, like, you're so obviously the bad guy practicing fascism. Why can't you see that the bad guy <laughs> yeah. always loses? But his dads are, like, he is, like, you're the bad guy, and, like, yeah. you guys lose. And, like, he was, like, his son was just, like, okay. I, like, instantly... <laughs> got all appreciation uh, he mentions for him. that as he's walking out the door though like he's like you know hitler loses right like yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. he lets gear like, think that hitler's this awesome guy <laughs> he like doesn't tell him the whole story i just like that uh in like episode one of our podcast i'm pretty sure we were like yeah it's kind of like the Zeons are kind of yeah. like they're kind of like the Nazis, but like not really. Yeah. And then now on this I episode, they're just like, "Hey, we're the Nazis, by the yeah. way." <laughs> yeah, literally, they were chanting like "Hails" like this guy's name, and they're yeah. just like full fledged Hail into it. And, yeah. yeah, and then yeah, like last episode, the 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 Zeon accents a German accent, and now they're just straight up calling their leader Hitler. Yeah. So it's just like, all right. Yeah. But I just <laughs> I just okay, love yeah, the boldness of straight up like saying Hitler. Like, I, I really wasn't ready for that to happen. Oh, it's like, oh, there's, they're referencing our history, which is pretty cool. And, um, yeah, so uh, also another little detail that I noticed is that in preparation to build the solar ray, Giren mentions in passing reducing the human population and preserving the superior races. Yeah. That's I love how the show just kind of, like, Skips over well, that little like. That's why his dad calls him Adolf quick, Hitler. But it's like he says that and it's like you're like Adolf Hitler. Like, like I feel like they drew yeah, I, big attention to that line. I will I mean, say they that do, but in the movie, I I watched the movie last night of the the third movie, and they definitely it's one of those things that they developed a little bit better. Like, along okay. with the new okay. types, like, they talked about the new types better. It seemed like this scene, especially, was, like, a little bit longer and a little bit more explicit. And the fact that, that their idea is to basically, it is the exact same thing as the German, or, like, the Nazi ideal to, like, preservation of a superior race. And the preservation of, like, the new type is, like, more, it's more of a concrete idea in the movie. And so I think it's one of those things that was probably lost a little bit when the uh. episode was cut down. And so I think yeah. that's like part of the reason why it's like kind of odd. It like is it's very like a, it's like a whiplash of like uh, weird context. Yeah, because it makes me so curious. Like I want to know, okay, what methods was Aguirre going about to reduce the human population? Like I know they were uh, doing mass evacuations of this colony in order to use parts of it to build this solar ray, but like was he fucking doing genocide? Like what what was Gearing up to? Mm -hmm. um, and that piece of dialogue just left me wanting so much more uh, than what we got from the show. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah, maybe they um, like in the future could go back and develop more stories in the Xeon like 
you know, in the Xeon camp. That'd be, like, a cool thing to go back and do. I would like, love that. Like, a slice of life, like, a smaller, revo- like, revolution against the Xeons, like, um, in the, like, on the Xeon planets. I don't know. That would be an awesome story. Like, a little inside rebellion. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we kind of learned that Giran and Cassilia have been, like, the major force behind the militarization of Xeon um, and that they're the ones kind of really pushing this this kind of uh, situation but then um, that brings us into I episode wanted 41. to ask one question for you all before we went to 41 what the hell was adding electric coding to the Gundam supposed to actually do like <laughs> that shit pissed me <laughs> off so much <laughs> Yeah. It increased the it like it like Amra was able to like bazinga it more ju- inside of it, you know, when he like <laughs> zings like that was like damaging the Gundam before. They're like Amra, stop doing that inside of the Gundam. We need to put electric yeah electromagnetic coating like that. That just frustrated me so much because it just nothing about that made sense at all. It's like oiling a machine is what. I checked out for me. <laughs> Uh, I love. I love <laughs> oh yeah, no. They also said like, the it's joints. pretty much like oiling a machine. Yeah, like, I thought that, was just, like, that made me so thing. angry, so irrationally angry. Okay. Like no, like I don't know a lot about science, what but I, I know like, what you said made literally zero sense. <laughs> Would it have been better if he just came and unplugged it and plugged it back in? The Gundam needs uh, a firmware update. I just wish you would have been like, did you update to turn the, the power button on. I would have been like, yeah, we got to upgrade this. And that would have been the end of the conversation. And I would have been perfectly fine with that. And then just scene ends. Cool. I don't think <laughs> no. trying to explain how they're upgrading it. It's just dumb. They just said we got to upgrade it. And then it like, it cuts to Doran calling his son Hitler. That would have been perfectly fine with me. Uh, <laughs> That's, all, that's it. I just I've been thinking about this uh, for a while yeah, now, and it needs to like, get that off my chest. Thank you for bringing it up. No, I like that part is actually <laughs> bullshit. It's just like oiling a machine. Wait, did y'all catch the the Shar song in this episode? No. Mm. No. Ah, uh, we'll have to go back. We'll we'll address that later and at another time, another episode. Anyways, that brings us to episode forty-one, Cosmic Glow. Degwin Zabi leaves to meet up with General Revel to work out a peace deal against the wishes of his son. Giran continues to direct preparations for the solar ray despite his father's uh, reservations. Shar and Lala once again engage Amuro and company in battle. However, Amuro overpowers both of them. Lala sacrifices herself to save Shar, and with Zeon forces repelled, uh, Federation forces continue to their rallying point to commence their invasion of uh, the Akuabo base. Uh, Giran orders the firing of the solar ray, killing Degwin Zabi, his peace escort, along with General Zevil and a significant proportion of Federation forces. So, we kind of have this backstabbing moment between Giran and his father. Did. Um, and the end of that episode was like, damn. You know, because they... Uh, General Revel sees uh, Degwin's, um, I guess, ship pull up, and his uh, attendants are like, hey, Degwin's here to work out a peace deal. Zevil's like in shock, and the next thing you know, you see this beam pull through and just vaporize everybody. 
like the drama just went from zero to a hundred real quick and uh this is one of the scenes that i love um the most in the show because it's just i don't know the the story just got so much more interesting did garen know his dad was going to make peace deals that that was never i never got if he knew he was there or not yeah he did okay yeah, he definitely did okay. he did yeah that was on purpose it's him him doing like both killing a large like amount of the federation but also also taking out his dad so he could take okay yeah that was something that like i yeah, it's them again not working together yeah in like a way that would be proactive <laughs> in them just like all doing their own thing um a great episode i have the my only note for this episode is holy shit that was a compelling episode yes it's the best episode of this show i, I agree it was great everything it, honestly, it really exponentially curved up in like drama for me this whole series like the last episode was yeah. such a joy to watch and i'm so it ended on like a high note like i think that's great it mm-hmm. was so much better than it just fizzling out you know yeah this, this yeah. was a i think that like all of all of amaro and lala's communication and amaro's kind of like little mini breakdown while he's inside the ship and all of that was just like very well done yeah i think very well like directed and artistically was very interesting did you guys watch this episode oh. in yeah, sub or dub sub uh, i watched it dubbed okay because i i wonder how like karma's breakdown when he started like almost crying because i watched this i watched these last bit episodes in subbed as well and i wonder how did the english like how did the dub actor go about and like breaking down almost crying because it was super compelling in the sub. i was curious about that too it I, was it was really yeah. brutal to watch I, yeah. or to listen to i actually remember i was thinking about that of just i don't know imagining like voice actors like weeping in the studio was always like really upsetting for me because like they have to but like it's it was like it was like wails of like sadness yeah, it was, I think it was a very good job. Honestly, like, when I finished this episode, it was, like, pretty late at night, and I had to work the next day, but I was still, like, this was so good, I'm just going to finish the series. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to power through these last two, just because I was, like, feeling mm-hmm. it so much. Like, I was just in the mood to finish it, and I just felt like it was that good. So I think that the this voice is... acting didn't let it down here. This is my favorite episode of the entire show, honestly. Damn. Uh hands down and especially like this the drama of that battle between amuro shar and lala and you know amuro's like going in for the kill on shar because he like finally after this whole time shar's been antagonizing him and his you know his his crew essentially and threatening their life he's like finally i'm gonna get rid of this motherfucker and then lala swoops in and after he had like formed this like deep mental connection with her and like kills her um oh man and then at the end when he's like sobbing in the cockpit oh it's just so good in the visuals during that part of like the sparkly and like the i don't know it's like almost like they scanned in textures that like yeah it didn't look hand painted it was so like so cool because they could have just had like you know more explosion type with like the hard edges and stuff but it was like these soft glowing I don't know. It was very, very mystical. I, I loved how they just made it so different. Mm-hmm. And then also it was intense, like, when Amro, through his, like, new type abilities, senses all those people dying. 
like right after mm-hmm. he's like killed somebody um was also oh yeah I was like, well, you... but yeah honestly my favorite episode yeah i think he show. says like oh they're all burning in the light that light of hate in... like that fucking like that was yes. a good line Uh, one of the yeah, one of the best lines, honestly. Uh, but that leads us right into episode forty-two, uh, the space fortress Aboaku, and Federation forces regroup and prepare their assault on Aboaku. Cassilia, having returned to the base, confronts her brother Girin about their father's death. After confirming her suspicions, Cassilia murders her brother for betraying Degwin, as the battle rages on. Suffering heavy losses, Federation forces establish a foothold on the Abu Aku base. That scene where she blows a beam right through his fucking head. Brutal. Oh he my just, god. He just slowly floats and hits the glass. Yes. That's so cool. I like gasped when that happened. That was like tough to watch. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. I Honestly, love I love she she like says some cold shit to him right before she kills him. She's like, Oh, you're the naive one, brother. And yeah. then bang. Yeah. Honestly, I think that this episode and the last episode run together for me. Yeah. But the one note I do have on this episode, which was kind of like a funny moment, is when before they go off to battle, Hayato tries to talk to Fraubo, and then when they get in the elevator, Sela calls Hayato a pervert. <laughs> to yeah. Wait, no, I, I was just like, what the fuck? I think that's some bullshit. No, okay. For watching this sub, for I got is after. He was flirting. Uh, what's it? the creepy dude made, had like a creepy laugh, and so like goes that was a creepy laugh. Like that. Oh, is that? Yeah. So I made a it translation a error because. Up. Oh, they fucked up the it translation. That's yeah. No, it'd be better. <laughs> she was, That's what I thought it was. No, she was sure. calling the what's his face. Uh, the, I forget his name. Kai. Uh, Kai. 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 Laughs. Yeah, and she says that's a creepy laugh yeah, or a perverted, laugh. perverted laugh or something like that. And then, oh, and then Amaro's like, he's not hurting anybody. Yeah. That's so funny. They totally fucked up the yeah. translation <laughs> of that. Um, yeah. That little I thought seat. For, like, yeah, from what I thought is that she was calling Hayato a pervert. And I was like, why? Just because he's short? Like, that's so annoying. Yeah. No, uh, well, you gotta hate on Hayato just because he looks like a baby. Also, it was, like, so <laughs> jarring to hear the word pervert in this show. Like, they, they ch- and they choose now to drop the pervert card. Like, yeah. fucking Slager got away without getting the pervert card dropped on him. And yeah. But, it's wild. Yeah. I can hear my eyes roll. One thing I did enjoy was uh, Amuro like recognizing that Fabro isn't going to like isn't into him anymore, and him being like okay with it. Like for him, as much as an asshole he's been to her, yeah, he's just like, all right, she has she has a different dude, it's like no problem. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you if y'all caught this, but I feel like this episode is the very first time you see Char actually scared of Amuro. Oh, right? yes. Like, oh, fuck. Yes. Um, I thought that was, like, a pretty powerful little moment. Um, and then... Um, this brings us to the final episode of the show, Escape, episode 43. The battle intensifies as Federation forces invade Abu Aku. Admiral Cassilia secretly plans her escape as she watches Zeon defenses falter. Shar and Amuro go head-to-head in their final confrontation, destroying each other's mobile suits and finally entering hand-to-hand combat. Sela intervenes, stopping them from finishing each other off. Um, 
as Abu Aku crumbles around them, separating Amuro from Sela and Shar. Shar bids farewell to his sister in order to settle his lifelong grudge with the Zabi family, while Amuro, through telepathy, guides the white base crew to safety. So, yeah, I feel like everyone just needs to give their thoughts and impressions on this last episode, and like what it does to serve the show as a whole. This is the episode that made me enjoy Shar. This is the episode that made me enjoy Shar for one event only, when he fucking bazookas what's her face in the fucking head. That was such a cool scene. Oh my god. Like I still don't like Shar, but I was just like, damn, he's fucking cool. I have to admit that he's pretty cool. Uh, I really like this episode. He sticks to his grudge. I, I... yeah, he, like, I like his word. Yeah, I really like how Sayla like shown like was sh- like I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say right now. I really like how Sayla was like was really bright in this episode. There, I'm gonna say it like that. Like I don't know. I, I like her character arc. I like mm-hmm. like the role she played. Yeah, mm. she yeah, almost like the main character. Yes, like, she definitely has more. She has more of a backstory than Amuro does, yeah. and like more of an interesting story than Amuro does. Yeah. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. that like her being almost like the main focus of the last episode until the last five minutes kind of is, I don't know, very interesting. It was. Um, I really liked how it ends. Apart from like, I don't know. I guess like giving Amro that power, like the ability to talk to people in that way so strongly. Like I don't love that. If this story arc was really moving forward, just because I feel like it's almost too much. Um, right. Much, like it almost makes him seem too superhuman, and that that like would become a little bit like hokey to me. But I think that in this episode it works really yeah. well, especially as like this last ditch effort. Yeah. I thought that the animation of his battle and like his the Gundam losing its head and oh. all of that was incredible. That was so cool. Although I really disliked, I really disliked the design of. Char's final mobile suit. It looked like something from Spaceballs. See, yeah. so I love that. That's not, I think that's my favorite. That's my the favorite Zeon. Zaku I've ever or favorite mobile suit that Char's ever piloted. It, like, really? Me of yeah. I loved it I so much. So I thought it was so cool. That's so interesting. But all in all, I thought that the ending was incredible. I really liked, you know, the reunite like them reuniting. Um, with everyone on like their little uh, escape yeah. pod, I felt like it really did the show service. Um, since I yeah, and watching the movie last night, it really stuck out. Like it seemed like they didn't really change that much. I thought that the ending was going to be like pretty drastically altered because I knew that he wanted to have the fifty episodes, but really he kept it pretty much the exact same. It seemed like they just did a little bit more detailing with the animation, but for the most part, the story is pretty similar especially how it ended so i was like i don't know the whole last five episodes this whole almost this whole last chunk after side six i just felt like was yeah. really strong and yeah made me want more yeah. like i want to, i want more of this story and i want to know what happens next yeah my um and i want to see more mobile i do have one episodes. more potentially hot take that i want to leave this last episode on i think armor should have died I don't think he should have escaped the explosion. Okay. Yes. Can I say something? The pacing in which Amaro was floating towards them and the cuts between them being like, Amaro! And Amaro <laughs> being like, guys! And like the freaking cuts, 
I thought that Amro was just gonna get blasted out of the sky, like, <laughs> right before he gets to them. Like, I was, like, I was just waiting, like, me and Emma were just, like, he's gonna die. He's gonna die. He's gonna, and he's just, like, slowly floating I... towards, and, um, but, I don't know. I'm glad, like, I, I didn't want Amro or Char to die, because I, I yeah. wanted them in, like, more, uh, like, uh, series, like, leading uh, forward. I, just yeah, I, I mean, I was rooting for Amro to but... escape to get to the pipe. We want that to happen, but, like, after after finishing the episode and sitting down for a second, I think the ending would have been more powerful with Armor finally having telekinesis and telling everyone to escape. If he had died, I think that would have left a really strong impression, and I think that would have been a better ending. But at the same time, I was still rooting for Armor to make it back. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, he has to do it, he has yeah, to do it. But yeah. I do wish that he had died. Mm-hmm. At least at least there was that, like enough death in the show to make you think that was a possibility. Yeah. Like not yes. many, not many shows would have you think that. Yeah. I also like actually was on the Gundam uh, Reddit the other day, and I saw like it was like uh, it was like people think that George R. R. Martin like killed a lot of characters, and then it was uh, the director of Gundam was like, "Hold my beer," <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, especially for like the, like an animated show, it definitely does like a very realistic version of like war and death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he introduces and kills character in, characters yeah. in the same episode. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, very fitting ending. I love how things kind of come full circle for Amuro, even though maybe he, I think, story-wise, it would have made it more powerful he had died in the um, the explosion of the base. But I think him kind of floating back towards everyone in White Base and him saying, oh, I have been fighting for something this whole time. I, I, I do, I've had this family i have a home i think was very uh, yeah. cool i think that was one of my favorite parts I, I of the last like episode never mind the the sword jet that was sword fight cool. that was awesome mm-hmm. yeah that was pretty sick and i think the ending all like it all kind of matters how it moves forward and obviously we know we get more of the story or somewhat i think i mean i don't really know what happens in the next series but i do think I mean, I know that we get some more of his story, yeah. so I think that, that it all is going to be framed in the future with that. Um, but I think that, like, I don't know, I was very pleased with how the show ended and, like, honestly, how the story Yeah, I feel like up until the last minute, I felt like this was going to end too suddenly. Like, how can they wrap this up? And then they, they wrapped it up in a way that, like, it felt very complete. I was really worried with, like, five minutes ago. I was like, man, mm-hmm. this is this, this going to end unfinished. Like, what? And then it's just, I don't know how they did it, but they, they did clear everything up. Yeah, and like the, to me, like I watched the last episode twice, and the battle between Amro and Shar, like everything has like really been building up to this, and, you know, an explosion kind of separates them and prevents them from like I guess killing each other or finding some kind of resolution between the two of them. Uh, so like on the first watch, I was like, wait, why didn't Shar and Amro like? have like some sort of resolution it felt like kind of unfinished there like a loose end but then on the second watch it's like okay like i think this kind of makes yeah. more sense mm-hmm. they um, do get to kiss which yeah. is what i cared about do yeah. get that was pretty much a kiss that was well there's more their helmets their helmets and they weren't really helmets well did you see lips. i so this episode um i actually watched subbed 
and you don't get this in the dubbed version, but subbed, it said no homo right oh. before they kissed. So it, was, it, was it cleared everything up. It was, yeah, no, it made a lot more sense. That proves the superiority of subbed yep. over dubbed right there. That's yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. That settles the debate. Um, all right, well, I think that concludes our episode um, covering episodes 31 through 43 um we're going to come back next week with an episode more broadly on our general thoughts so we'll leave it there for today um so yeah next week we'll cover the series as a whole we'll talk about our impressions uh where we ranked it originally in our tier list and we'll talk about some gumpla builds we did and why we chose different ones for this series i'm like really excited to talk about this um, with you guys. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but anyway, thank you all for listening. Um, as always, thanks to Alex, Christian, and Simon. Thank you to DJRX78 for our theme music, and we will see you all next week. Bye. See ya. See ya.